0: Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze.
1: Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and tonight I'm here with Todd Williams. And I'm not really going to go into his story except to say that I met him on the Daily Audio Bible Friends group I kind of wanted to leave a story a little bit vague because I wanted to ha- have him flush it out and kind of give you his story because I think there's a lot that can be said for a lot of people in the audience, I think. So Todd, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the people about you, please?
0: Well, my name is Todd Williams. I'm uh, 53 years old. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, which is a couple hours from here. And I've been in church pretty much most of my life. Uh, my parents, We're both ministers, and we traveled and sang all the time I was growing up throughout the tri-state area, Ohio, Kentucky, that kind of area. My dad passed away, I guess it's been about six months ago now, at 72, so I've been kind of dealing with that. But, well, I'll tell you, I don't know. It's really hard to know where to start. I think, Teresa, as you know, my walk with the Lord, having been in church all my life, I kind of grew cold in the Lord in my 30s kind of stepped away, I kind of ended up spiraling into this depression and anxiety which was a battle my mother fought and I I ended up just ended up in a really bad spot before I kind of came back to the Lord. It wasn't all well. It, you know, everything wasn't all well and good when I came back. I, I I guess I had him to lean on, but God had a lot of things he still wanted to burn off as far as just ex- ex- excess baggage and things like that. So I think that's this this last probably seven, eight years has really been kind of a reckoning for me spiritually and just finally stepping into a real personal experience with the Lord just from all these trials that He's brought me through and brought me out of. And it's a lot of story to tell, but that's kind of where I'm at right now is just feeling like I'm in the best place probably I've ever been with the Lord and actually kind of very thankful for my trials and these horrible tribulations that I went through because they've made me uh, you know, who I think God always wanted me to be. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's a whole story in itself, I guess.
1: You said you dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression. What are some of the main causes of that?
0: My story's probably not a lot unlike other people, I guess, that deal with anxiety and depression. I think there was—I I don't know the science behind it. I'm not going to pretend that I do— But I I think there may be some genetic factor to it, you know, seeing my mother struggle with depression and ultimately, unfortunately, she committed suicide when I was 24. So that was a real rough way to go because she was quite an example to not only me, but a lot of other people in the church. She was always very anointed and, and really had a great close walk with God. And, you know, so when that happened, I really... I had a lot to sort out with God and I just, you know, I felt like I knew it was going to be a long, hard journey and it was, it was even rougher than I thought. But you know, God again brought me through that. He knew how to do it. He knew what he was doing, even though I questioned it. I've learned to see that God sees so far beyond this life and so far beyond the pain that we suffer in the moment that his plan is so much greater. So I think what started my problems was probably in school. Like a lot, like I was saying, a lot of people, I was bullied a lot. I was kind of the odd man out. I was probably the least popular person in the whole school. I would, that's what I would feel like. I was always the last guy picked for the sports teams and and gym class, you know, the typical stereotype for the guy that gets kind of singled out and picked on. And that sounds like a small thing, but I think as we're all kind of starting to learn, which is a good thing in this day and age that that's a pretty serious thing, bullying is, and it kind of can damage and stick with you for years and years and damage your confidence. But again, you know that was kind of the beginning of it. Then I kind of moved into my young adulthood and I felt just extremely insecure and extremely nervous. And just whenever I would walk into a room, I felt like I wasn't good enough. And so, that was the kind of stuff that honestly, it's sad to say, but it took God it didn't take God. I guess God had to get me in a spot where he could do finally what he wanted to do. But it took me 50 plus years to finally get in a point where God really put me in some positions where I had to just either give up or just let that stuff go. So, finally, once I came out of those trials, I realized I thought I wasn't going to survive, but when God did bring me out, about three years ago, it was really bad, and 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 I thought I wasn't going to make it. But when God did bring me out, I felt like um, wow! I just noticed all of a sudden the insecurities was they were gone. The uh, feelings of inferiority was gone. My shyness—I had a really a debilitating shyness that was gone. I felt comfortable in my own skin for the first time in fifty some years. So. It's really so hard to put into words, but just I think a lot of that deliverance and a lot of that freedom was born out of that great suffering that God brought me through. So, I'm kind of one of these guys at this point in my life, I look back at these trials and these tribulations and these dark hours I went through wanting to take my own life, attempting to take my own life. And I I realize now probably the best things that ever happened to me because God was leading me through areas that were burned it was burning things off of me i don't know if that makes sense but burning just baggage off of me um, and junk off of me that he needed to get rid of to be able to use me and to set me free so it's still something i'm trying to get my head around uh, on how to explain it or understand it but it feels wonderful to be delivered and and so i'm just in a really good spot right now with the lord with in my life just in general so
1: you said your mom was a christian or you know anointed and yet she took her own life. You also said that you attempted to take your own life. The question then comes up, well, what drives a person, and even if they're a Christian, to that point where they would want to take their own life? I because mean, I mean, I know I've been there myself, but I kinda wanna hit on that because a lot of people might might say, Well, you're one of those Christ followers. You should you shouldn't have these kind of problems.
0: That's a great question. I, I think, you know, there's potential for this conversation and that question to just fracture off into probably many, many more podcasts, because I think it's just like there's layers and layers to that question and layers and layers of answers, if that makes any sense. But I uh, I feel like the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is my mother had, and I won't go into her life story, but had a very rough, rough childhood. Uh, maybe at some point, you know, we may do a podcast where I could go into detail on that because it, it is kind of interesting to know the whole backstory. But she just had about as bad a childhood as you could probably ever want to imagine. And that haunted her you know, until the day she died. And amazingly though, she was able to be a fantastic mother and a fantastic wife. And so, I, I will always thank God that I did have a wonderful mom for 24 years. But ultimately, I think that, you know, being separated at a young age, nine years old, from all of her siblings and being orphaned and put in foster care and all the abuse that may, came with that, I think ultimately, you know, that just haunted her and played a big role in just kind of what the enemy used to kind of attack her. For myself, my story was just feeling like I kind of had some of this anxiety and depression I felt like deep down in, in my DNA. I don't even know how to other put it other than that. You know, I don't know if it's a genetic thing, but I just sort of felt like it was a part of me. That's just who I was. I felt inferior. I felt nervous. I felt secure all these things. I felt depressed. I felt sad. I just felt that from as young an age as I could remember. It was really quite a miracle for God to bring me out of that. I had those feelings and I had that kind of uh, posture of thinking, I guess you could say, when I was with the Lord and then when I was without the Lord, when I stepped away, I, I still felt like that. So, I think what sometimes people, they see that you're a Christian, they want to th- you know maybe think wow if i became a christian wouldn't my life just completely s- stop unraveling you know wouldn't it be wouldn't everything be better and i think the answer to that is yes and no yes your life will stop unraveling and yes your life will be better but it's not an instant fix with god he's going to take you on a journey if if it's anything like what my journey was he's going to take you on a journey that You know, he'll save you when you accept him and that's all done right in the beginning. That's an instant thing. And, you know, you'll have him dwelling inside you and all the wonderful promise of the Bible. That's an instantaneous thing, but there's a maturing process that God will take you through. Um, and sometimes that's through some pretty rough patches so that you can mature and be what he wants you to be. If, and that's, you know, that's uh, kind of putting a lot in a nutshell, but for me, that's definitely been the story of
1: my life. So. I know for me, I just had enough. There was so much pressure and stuff going on and I had just had enough. And the funny thing was, it was kind of one of those things. And I, and I'm fairly certain that there might be someone out there that might feel this way that is dealing with that, has felt this, has, is dealing with this. But it's like, I don't want to take that to the church. I take that to the church and they're going to look at me weird they're going to look at me weird. You know, so w- w- what do you what do you say to that?
0: It's real funny you say that just like that Teresa because I remember when things got the worst for me, I I lost my job. I I worked a bunch of little jobs that were physical. I've always had an office job, so to be quite honest with you at 53, I just wasn't cut out to be unloading trucks. I just physically I couldn't do it 8 hours a day. I tried and I tried. I I went and I bagged groceries, I stocked shelves. I did everything I could do to try to stay employed, but I'll tell you, you know, it was just a horrible battle there for me. Um, this is all happening about, I would say, three years ago, what I'm telling you now. And when things finally just got really terrible I, I and, you know, I, I attempted to take my life, I, I felt like, you know, wow, now I've become what I feared the most, a liability to my family and the ones I love. But unfortunately, I feel like I'm going to have to find somebody to try to take care of me for a while. So, I I called my dad. Horrible, horrible conversation to have to have because he was living on Social Security, you know, kind of barely scraping by. And I said, Dad, I think I'm going to have to have a place to live and to come stay with you for a while. And of course, I think he was shocked, but he said, okay, you know, come on, Todd. And I I went there and I'll try not to go into too much detail, but I I remember dad kind of encouraging maybe to come to church with him and i said dad i just don't think i can do it right now i just don't have room for i just don't have room for anybody to even try to help me right now i just feel so overwhelmed i just need a little bit of time to heal and a little bit of time to just kind of sort things out and um i know he kind of got a little bit frustrated with me i think cuz he wanted me to come and help and i was pushing get help at church and i was pushing that back but I think I get what you're saying is when you're in that mode of everything is all seems lost, everything just seems dark, everything's kind of caving in on you, it's almost hard to just be able to let anybody help you. I mean, you just feel so saturated with sadness that you can't soak in even any help. So, I think I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Well, and for me, it was if I even hint to my mom, who was still alive at the time, if I even hinted that I had tried something like that, they were going to lock me in some weird place. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that because, you know, my mom was not a believer, but I was at the time. And then I felt like but I shouldn't start with this. I'm a believer. I should I should be here.
0: I don't don't know, Teresa, something I feel like God has sort of been speaking to me today but I really want time to pray into this more and to think about this more is, you've survived it, I've survived it. Unfortunately, some people don't survive it that are believers, which is sad. They're in God's hands, and I trust God is good, and He knows what He's doing. So, I, I know that everything's going to be okay in God's eyes. He's got it figured out. I do think about people like you and I. We've made it through. We're still plugging away. We're still trying to live a Christian life and do what we feel God wants us to do. You know, but I don't know if you ever experienced this, but even to this day, I feel like as good as things are, and as I feel closer to the Lord than I've probably ever felt, sometimes there's a battle in, the, in your mind where you just, I, I feel like God almost wants us to, um, if God could just convince us, you know, all the times that the Bible says, you know, that He has made us holy, He's justified us, He's redeemed us. But do we really believe that? Has that really sunken in to our heart and our mind that we're really... He's made us holy and he's made us redeemed. Or do we feel differently about ourselves? Do we feel that we're always falling short? And I think that the answer to that for a lot of Christians and for me at times is, yeah, I do I do view myself differently than what the Bible says a lot of times. I don't view myself as being all these wonderful things that God says that I am. So where I'm going with all that is I feel like what I'm moving into now, what the Lord is moving me into is, you know, this renewing of my mind every day to absolutely get it ingrained in my head and in my heart that I am what God says I am. I am holy. I am justified. I am redeemed and I will walk in power. I will walk in a more than abundant life. It's something I feel like that we almost have to press into. I don't know. It doesn't just like, uh, You don't arrive there and then just walk that way the rest of your Christian life. I don't think I've seen that in anybody that I know that's a Christian.
1: You know, it's funny because I was um, listening because I was at church this morning and my pastor, we're uh, going, we're just barely getting out of Ephesians one. And he's talking about the prayer that Paul prayed towards the later verses, the uh, prayer of wisdom and that God would reveal himself uh, to, to these Christians. And then, You know, the pastor was talking about the fact that, like, a lot of Christians, they don't realize just how much God has chosen you and has sealed you and how much of a price, you know, he paid. And he kept going on. And I'm sitting there going, and he's like, this is definitely something to think on when you start looking down on on yourself. And I'm sitting there going, "Okay, dude, you can back off now. That's for mail reading, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does kind of read
0: your mail for sure. (laughs) i'm
1: sitting there going hey dude seriously ow you know i mean you know and so i mean it really comes down to i think you know when you talk about you know how you should view yourself or how god sees you versus how you see yourself i you know it really does seem to come down to an internal perspective and i know we know this in our minds because god sees us if you're a christian god sees you as already forgiven he sees you as perfect he sees you as chosen as you know before the foundation of the world we are his inheritance but then it comes down to that's wonderful words but what's that actually mean when i'm staring at this fleshly sinful person that can't seem to get through a day without screwing up
0: that's a good point i i think you nailed it i mean that's you know anybody under the sound of our voice that's going to be hearing this podcast and listening to that i want to just be totally transparent and honest. And I, I love that, that you've, you're doing this podcast recently. I'm really glad that you're stepping out and listening to the Lord and that it's so spontaneous. It's not rehearsed because I think that's what, I know that's what people need is um, they need real transparency and honesty. And we are in that, you know, just in that vein, we are all tempted and we all fail and we all sometimes give into temptation. The Holy Spirit can keep us from sinning and He can keep us Living a life that's pleasing to the Lord. But every now and then, I mean, we are going to make mistakes. That's just part of the game. And I, I think that's just part of the walk with the Lord. And I think at this point, it's again, it's taken me 53 years to finally just start to get a hold of this. But when as believers, are we going to stop beating ourselves up and let the cycle, I guess, of forgiveness? When you ask forgiveness, when we're going to, are we going to really start letting that cycle be complete and forgive ourselves? You know, God's forgiven us. But if we would just learn that the moment we fail, let's run to God, ask forgiveness, and then forgive ourselves immediately, and then pick up and move on for God. Because the opposite of doing that is losing traction for God every time. That's what the enemy wants us to do. Every time we fail, every time we are given to a temptation, the enemy just loves it when we lose traction and we're set back You know, months or even years spiritually. That's what he thrives on. And that's, I think, how he keeps a lot of us believers um, just kind of behind the eight ball because uh, we can't forgive ourselves. So, I'm, I'm. God's helping me. He's doing a work within me right now to, just to be able to live the best life I can live, resist temptation. If I do fail, I run to the Lord, I repent, and then I pick up and I move on for the Lord, forgiving myself as well and let that full cycle of repentance just be complete. Gosh, I don't know, Teresa, if there's anything else we could say. I I just like the way this whole thing is going. If there's anything we could say to encourage somebody out there that might feel like, wow, you know, I'd like to be a Christian, but I am depressed. I am full of anxiety. I feel like there's nothing left to live for. All hope is lost. One thing I could say just to try to encourage that person would be that I also felt that way. In my opinion, there was no way for me to get out of it. There was no way for. God to fix all the things that have, were, were wrong. Um, there was too much damage. I felt like there was so much damage done in my life that it actually, if I did survive it, it would, it would impact my future. The damage ran so deep. Financial damage, physical damage, mental damage. I thought it's just it's too big to fix now. But God came in, and I'll tell you, when he pulls you out and he fixes things, he can fix it right. He can fix everything. And no, that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. And yes, you're still going to fail, but you know, I hope that hearing kind of how that, you know, we're dealing with that just by running to the Lord, then learning to forgive ourselves and pick up and move on. You can start to really step into a wonderful, intimate relationship that's full of power and full of deliverance and, and, and just full of all the wonderful things that, you know, you have in your mind when you become a, want to become a believer. You hope it's going to be like that. And it is. I just want anybody hearing this to be encouraged. There is hope. You've got a future. God's not finished with you yet.
1: And I get it. If you're stuck in that place where you are like staring, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you're going, you guys don't get it. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. No, I really don't. And I won't pretend to. I will not pretend. And I won't sit there and question all the stuff that you've gone through. I get it. I get it. You know, this life is... It's a screwed up mess. I totally understand that. I remember so very clearly the night that I attempted it. And I remember the Holy Spirit and, or, or the Father or, I think, you know, Holy Spirit or whatever. I remember a physical hand coming down and pushing my hand down back on the counter because it was holding a bottle of uh, some eye drop medicine. And, and I would distinctly remember hearing him say, you will not do this. And I honestly believe that it could be that we are the voice that are, that are that is trying to reach out to someone. And let me tell you something, friend. I don't know where you're at. I, I really don't. But I can tell you, it's not so bad that you have to do that. I have seen a couple of friends of mine actually do that and take their own life. And you don't want to go down that road. I'm very certain, especially if you don't know Christ. You really do not want to go down that road, because ending your life will not solve your problems. It'll only just perpetuate them eternally. The Bible says that it it is appointed unto man once to die, and then after that, the judgment. And what that means is that if you die without Christ, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and there is none righteous, not even one. And the Bible says that if you die without Christ, then you have to pay for your own sin. And the only way that can be done is that you would be separated from God eternally. And you don't want that. I'm certain you don't want that. You know, you don't have to end that way. You don't have to go out that way. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, he loved you enough to send his son to die for you on the cross. The Bible says that he was uh, whipped and he was scourged for your healing. So I don't know where you're at, but I promise you. There is totally a better way out. You don't have to go down that road. If you need any help or you need anyone, you know, to talk to, email me at Teresa at Life. Or if you want to talk to Todd, I will get you in contact with him. Okay. We are here to help. This is what we want to do. Todd, do you have anything that you that comes to your mind?
0: I'm just gonna just make sure everybody knows that that's uh, Teresa is T E R E S A because I know that's always it's not always spelled the same. So I just want to make sure people knew that. So it's Teresa. Uh, give your email one more time, Teresa.
1: Teresa at Unresolved dot Life.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I really liked what you said there about just sharing some of the things about coming to the Lord because maybe somebody's hearing this and they do want to reach out and they do want to be saved and they do want to give God the chance to bring them out. Boy, believe me, he does want to prove himself to you. And he wants to prove to you that what the enemy's made things look like for you now, hopeless and and that all is lost. He wants to show you that that is just a lie. Jesus did come and he died for us and he shed his blood to forgive us, give forgiveness of our sins. And in Romans 10, 9 and 10, I I don't have my Bible in front of me, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase that it says if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and you confess that with your mouth, you you shall be saved. So, if you if you really want to go, if you don't have a Bible, just confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and that you do believe that God raised him from the dead. And then the Bible says if you confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, you shall be saved. So, that's all there is to it. That's as easy it is as it is to get saved. I forget sometimes that, you know, if you're not raised in church, you might not know how to get saved or what's involved in that. But Romans ten nine and 10 is a good place to start. That's an easy way. That's how simple God made it for us to come to Him. Jesus already did all the hard part. He already died so that we could be redeemed and have a relationship with God again. So, yes, you do still have a future.
1: The Bible says that He He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But how is that done? It's done when you say, God, I really screwed up. I believe your Lord, and I just want you to save me. And that's just ask him to forgive you. Ask him to come in. And I promise, man, whatever you're going through, it's not all as dark and messed up as it seems. So, Todd, I think with that, we are going to wrap things up. But I want to say thank you for coming on and sharing a little of your story. And we enjoyed having you. Guys, if this show has been a help to you, please subscribe, rate, and review. And you'll find this will be able to help a lot of other people as well. So with that, this has been the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and we'll speak again next time.